G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. What a week on Bears and Izzy for breakfast. We kicked it off talking All Blacks with Jason Ryan on Monday who talked about the absolute workhorse that is Brodie Retallick and the goals you most likely don't see on the field. Tuesday, we then had Cruz Tangira, the goat of men's netball. He filled us in on what it's like to play against our champion Silver Ferns and we also found out that Izzy would make a great mid-quarter. Good to see him in the dress. The carpenter of the Māori All Blacks, Ash Dixon, was with us on Wednesday. He talked about the importance of embracing Māori culture and even gave us a new recipe that left everyone's mouths watering. Power dumplings, how good. On Thursday, Joe Parker joined the show. He gave us his opinion on celebrity boxing, Jake and Logan Paul, and even told us he could outsprint his neighbour, who just so happens to be Roger Tuivasa Shek. To finish off the week, we had none other than our skipper, the coach of the Kolkata Knight Riders, Baz McCullum. Well, he was in some 37-degree UAE heat at 11pm, ready to tuck into a salmon sushi. We're certainly missing your skip. We'll catch you all on Monday. Ka kite anō. Great to have with us for our McCafe Coffee Catch-Up, someone that knows a ton about what goes on in that front row and... Well, there's been questions thrown at us on the show about Kao Tui Nukuafi playing first five. That's the unbelievable skill sets that our type five display in this day and age in this game. And one of the contributing factors would have to be this man, Jason Ryan. He has joined us this morning. Good morning, Jace. Morning, lads. How are we? Good, mate. Good, mate. How are you? You good? Yeah, all good, mate. Got through the weekend. Got through the weekend. That was... Uh... It's just a bit of downtime on the old footy side at the moment, but um, no, everything's good, mate. Nice, nice. Well, I know you're having a bit of downtime. You would have watched that match yesterday. 39 points to zip. What was your takeouts from it, bud? Yeah, I thought um, thought Argentina was a little bit disappointing at times. I thought their defence was was outstanding, wasn't it, early in the game, um, mainly for the All Blacks, sort of not a lot of footwork into contact, pretty easy to tackle, one-on-one tackles, and Probably could have challenged a little bit of kick space in behind the Argentinian defence line early on, but um, overall, I'd say the All Blacks will be uh, pretty happy with that um, performance. There'll be a couple of things to tidy up with their line out, um, but yeah, they'll be, they'll be happy to to get a win over there. Hey, looked like Argentina were a bit shell shocked from the get go. Nipa Lalala spoke about it early, putting an absolute shot on Pablo Matera. Do you reckon that rocked them from the from the get go? Yes, he's certainly a bit, uh, certainly a bit of a scene setter early on, wasn't it? Big Nate's got a real good shoulder on. I'm glad it wasn't any higher. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, he uh, yeah, he did well, Nate. So I think just on Nate, I think he's just sort of starting to travel around the field a bit quicker. He sort of looked a bit heavy there a while ago, and I think he's a bit more he's a bit more lateral around the park and um, he's getting his hands on the ball a little bit more and sort of involving his game a little bit more than just the scrum, you know. But um, yeah, I, I, the physicality side of it from both teams, um, and when you look at just that and the exchanges of the maul and the, you know, the scrum sort of went back and forth, tip for tat a wee bit. Warbeck's probably got the upper hand a little bit towards the end when moods come on and 
but other than that, I thought um, yeah, the, the physical battle was was good to watch. They play with a lot of passion, don't they, Dagger? Like the, the yeah. Argentinians, the Latin blood, they they just love it. The national anthem, they're crying, and it's like Phew. you always know that first twenty or thirty is going to be right on. Mm. Yeah, that's what I've been talking about uh, last couple of days. Just the passion that that Argentina bring. Uh, you give them an inch, they take a mile, you know, and I just thought that scene set from Nipo Lalala on their leader, who I know who will be coming to the Crusaders, Pablo Martira, what that would have done for the All Blacks and uh, and, and just getting them getting them going. I totally agree. I thought Nipo Lalala was outstanding. I think his mobility around the field, you're right, his ball playing ability around the park has, has come up a notch as well. But talk to us about the Type 5. Have you been, you've been pretty happy with how they're tracking at the moment? I thought they took it to another level yesterday, especially... Around their pods, you know, especially those inside tips, those outside tips, the ball work out the back to the pivots. You've been pretty happy with how the Type Five have been tracking the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I think that they can be pretty happy um, in most areas of their game. I, I think you can definitely see them just starting to want to mould a little bit more, um, and, and they've got pretty good height. I think um, Plum's obviously done a lot of work there with that that side of it, and. That'll be building towards South Africa, I'd say, because that's where the, you know, with, with no due, due respect, I think, all due respect, I think that's the test. Um, that's where we'll yeah. see where the All Blacks are, I believe. Um, and that's what they'll be building towards. But what I've been really impressed with, if you, you know, you're going to single out someone, I just think Brodie Retallick has been unbelievable in the last couple of tests. Mm-hmm. I, I love him for any young lock that's aspiring to be the best rugby player they can, watch Brody when he hasn't got the ball. His work around the park to get set is about 71-minute mark. There was a defensive line-out. Um, they were defending the Argentinian line-out, and he came around the corner three or four times to get set in D and then put a double shoulder on with Brody on one of their props. I was like, that is just... That's the stuff that you want to see from All Blacks, isn't it? And I think his work rate off the ball is just... Unbelievable! He's really starting to come into his own. It was good to see Scooter, you know, get some good touches last night, and you know he was good. He was good into contact and um, starting to get probably confidence up. Started a couple of games now, and he'll be feeling it too. So I think the locks have been pretty impressive, mate. To be honest, Jason, it's Louie here. I absolutely love that while people are watching, you know, Rico Ioani and, and Bowden Barrett's flick pass, you're just watching line speed in the 71st minute and what Brody Retallick's work ethic. I just think that's brilliant. How do you how do you coach that? Or you say you don't. I want any young lock to watch that. How do you explain that that is what makes a difference in test match at test match level? Yeah, so for us, we we have a little um, KPI that we're pretty proud on, where we we stat something where we have a look at what doesn't the crowd see? And it's pretty much exactly what I've just explained there. You know, the, the, the usual rugby passionate fan that loves to see tries, and we all want to see tries, we'll stat and we'll say, righto, boys, what's something the crowd didn't see today? And we'll we'll talk about that and really grow that, because that, that's the... You know, everyone can see Sevo and Rico and all the boys scoring tries and Chaho, and yeah, yeah, Dagger, you know, he used to do the same <laughs> <laughs> I think he did a couple of times in the two tries he scored, but um, <laughs> yeah, we want to we want to see we want to see that you know that real hard stuff off the ball, and that's what they're going to need in, in the South African test mm. coming up. As I say, you know that at the end of the year in Europe and all that, where it's not going to be conditions will be different, and 
Um, so I think they're building. I think they can be pretty happy with where they're at, I think. Mate, I totally agree. I had a wee conversation about Bodie. Obviously, Bodie's a flashy player, but the other day I said, just watch him closely. Like Everyone looks for those big runs, those those big kicks, or those those things that he does, but just the little things that his, his ability to get in position, put himself into situations, scenarios where he's going to make a difference, and that's what big game players do. You like Brody Retallick, the experience, to know where to be, where his teammates want him to be, and it, like you said, to come up. Put double shoulders, mate. Unbelievable performance from Brody Retallick. But for the All Blacks last night, they, they obviously won 39-0. I read some stats out before the show saying that they had 22 visits into the 22. They had, I think it was 10 and a half minutes inside the opposition 22. They only made 100 tackles. Argentina made 200 tackles to win 39-0. Could it have been a lot worse for Argentina if the All Blacks were a little bit more ruthless and clinical there? Oh, I think the All Blacks would be pretty disappointed in their finishing. 100%. There was a lot of passes um, that were pushed or, or weren't caught. Um, and literally, you know, off their strikes, you know, a couple of times they've been running out a wee bit. There's a bit of stuff where yeah. they come out of play or they run out of space. That's been quite a common theme, and I think that's that's something that's going to really need some work, um, staying a little bit squarer, and, and that's all to do with that finishing. You know, usually if you're... If you've got your outside back, so I think it was Luke Jacobson last night going out, it means he's run out of room before he's actually caught the pass, you know? So I think he's, yeah. um, they need to be a bit squarer, definitely. But, um, yeah, no, I think they uh, they will be ha- they will be happy with a lot of things, Izzy, but, you know, that, that finishing side of it, that's where All Blacks just, you know, that's another 30 points potentially. It's like, well, hang on, it could have been 70. Mm. <laughs> And the and, and the Argentinians, to be fair, they didn't really look like they were going to score, did they? Nah, nah, they they looked like they were just shell shocked. They had absolutely nothing up their sleeve. There's a lot of players on there. I have absolutely no idea who they were. One of the wingers come on. So look, I think they they're just lacking a little bit of experience. Um, but like you said, if you give Argentina a sniff and they get a bit of excitement, they are tough to beat. And like you said, one of the great coaches, Wayne Smith. If you ran out, mate, if you ran out, you weren't playing the next week. It is an absolute coach killer. It is an easy way out. Is it a cop-out? It's a cop-out to run out. So, totally agree. Um, the boys need to stay the softest out. turnover in the game. Softest mm. turnover in the game when someone runs out. <laughs> oh, I reckon. That's right. That's right, mate. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, Sam Whitlock. Sam Whitlock's heading over. Uh, oh, he's not heading over. Can you tell us the well, what's needed? Obviously, he's, he only had a couple of days to prepare for a South African match, so hindsight, it's probably the right decision. But talk to us about Sammy Whitlock and, and, and that decision to not head over the right decision. Yeah, well, I don't think he can get that MIQ spot at the end. I think that's what it sort of come down to, was getting a spot in there. So, look, they'll, there's, a little, there's a little part of me that thinks that this, the all-black team at the moment, I'm not sure they've really been tested. Like, when it's been really... When the crowd, when you've really felt the pressure and think, God, they're really under the pump for a long time. There's been parts of the game when you look right back from, um, you know, Fiji and the rugby championships starting with there's bits of that game that have been put under pressure, but their whole game for 80 minutes, no one's actually really got close to them. And I think with Sam not being there for that South African test um, and the pressure that'll come with that, I think that's when they'll miss them the most. But what these boys are doing at the moment is they're actually growing their leadership. 
within the group without him because they'll actually lead in a different way. Um, but I know Sam, you know, he said he's still still staying in touch with the leadership group and he'll be still chipping away and sign um, behind the scenes there. Not that he really likes behind the scenes. He likes to be right out the front. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he'll uh, yeah. he'll be looking forward to you know catching up with him in the India tour, obviously, or the, and over in Europe. Hey, Jace, the the kind of the level four restrictions and the lockdown that we've had has kind of pushed all footy back a, a wee bit. So I think um, NPC resumes and or rugby resumes this weekend on Friday. Um, it can squeeze up the Super Rugby timetable or the preseason a little bit. So when do you? How much communication are you getting from NZR about when you expect to see you guys back in camp? And does that alter any plans for Razor and the crew, or you just kind of play it as it as it happens? Yeah, well, I think it's a mixture of um, two things, Louis. I think um, you know you've got to you've got to be able to adapt in this world, don't you? Pretty quickly because it's just changing all the time. But um, yeah, and we'll be ready for what whatever we are. We pride ourselves on having a real, you know, great preseason. But New Zealand rugby has been great, and obviously working with um, Sanzar and that sort of thing around what it's going to look like. But it's looking like our our assembly date is um, highly likely it's going to be around that sixth of January now, which is after Christmas, which is something um, new for us. So um, yeah, it, it is what it is. It's just be, be a shorter preseason, but. Just got to get on with it, don't you? It's not. It's never going to be perfect at the moment, but as long as we can get some footy on, and I think that's the great thing about um, the NPC starting up again this week. You know, I know New Zealand rugby and all the provincial unions that have tried so hard to get some footy, and I know it's not great for the Auckland boys. It's bloody real shame for those, you know, those teams and managers and coaches and all their supporters up there that are going to miss out a little bit. So. But the fact that they've been um, flexible in their thinking and trying to get um, some comps together and push it out, I think it's great. We've got to have it. So um, they've done well. Well, we're talking to the champion. That is Jace Ryan. Here's the Crusaders' assistance coach. We're going to, get, we're going to, we're going to put, uh, hang up on him uh, just shortly and uh, move, move to our next part of the show. But before we do, Jace, looking forward to the Crusaders' season. We love a bit of adversity. We just move on and get, get, this, get our work done. Uh, looking forward to the season. What, what, you know, we've got any new signings uh, uh, for the Crusaders, and how are you looking? How's the season shaping up going forward? Yeah, we have got a couple of new signings actually, but unfortunately, I can't tell you who they are just yet. Oh, <laughs> Jace, get over here! Come on, Jace, come on, we're all friends. <laughs> Flip, yeah, no, is he for no. breakfast? Get in the gravy. Come on, come on. <laughs> no, look, we've got um. Obviously, Pablo's coming over, and um, he's, he's yeah. you know he's going to create a bit of hype, isn't he? He's going to add so much experience for uh, what's what's a reasonably young loose forward trio. So yeah, we're we're pretty pretty excited by that. Um, and there's a couple of boys, or one boy in particular, that's going pretty well for Canterbury that um, might come online that you might hear about in the next wee while. But you know, it'd be disrespectful for me to sort of mention that at the moment. <laughs> but we are looking forward to. Uh, some good young blood coming through, and we believe we've got a good mix um, with experience as well. Um, and, and looking forward to the comp, you know, it's going to be great with obviously the Drewer and um, Wana Pacifica involved. It's something a bit different. I think it needs it. The competition's got to always evolve, doesn't it? I think the, it's no different to the game, and players need to evolve their game. You've got to get the competition. So the fans have got a thirst to watch it. So um, I think that's going to be good. And yeah, we're going through some planning now around what our pre-season will look like, what the time frame will be, so that 
come round one, you got no excuses, and you just you know you just get stuck in and look forward to it. Well, mate, I look forward to giving you a ring in about 40 minutes to get that little insider goss, and I promise you I won't share it on the Baz and Izzy for breakfast. But, mate, really appreciate you joining us, Jace. You're an absolute champion. Uh, thanks for being a part of the show and sharing your insights to what went on last night in that All Blacks test against Argentina. Look forward to catching up soon, and good luck for the Crusaders season next year, mate. Appreciate it. No worries, boys. Have a great day. Thanks. See you, Jason. There you go, Izzy. Do you know, we didn't get the gravy, but he did say there's a a Canterbury lad that's playing really well. So double eight, double three, who is it? (laughs) Who is it? Let's use the power of our wonderful listeners. You out there. Well, knowing Jace, it won't be anyone with a a double digit on their back, I tell you. It'll be someone (laughs) in the one to six position, and he'll be... I'll tell you, he'll be a big prop. He'll be a prop, mate. He'll be a prop. He ain't, he ain't picking backs, tell you that. Outstanding. He is, he's a great man, Jason Ryan. And I want to pick your brain a bit later, Izzy, about what he means where it's the KPIs, the stuff that the crowd doesn't see and what that is about for the Crusaders and, and that Brody Retallick effect. I can imagine you would have fancied yourself on the netball court, social netball, you know, throughout the years, <laughs> getting up there. What position were you? Oh mate, I played. I played one game. I played uh, one game for my wife's team up in Auckland. Actually, me and Corey Jane went and played that game, and that was the last game we were allowed to play. We we're too competitive. <laughs> we we're too uh, loud, and um, the wife really refused to play with me again because I was telling her to get into position. If I played a position, Louis, probably be goal shoot, mate. Yeah. I'm trying to drop bombs from everywhere, mate. Irene. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Irene Dag. Here we go. <laughs> well, the Silver Fern season is due to start on Monday against the English Roses in Christchurch, but COVID has already disrupted their plans, postponing next month's Constellation Cup against the Aussie Diamonds. The New Zealand men's netball team have come to the Silver Ferns rescue and Cruz Tangera, who captained the New Zealand men's team last year, knows what it's like to face off against our world champions of netball. Morena Cruz, how are you, bud? Morena Cordova, yeah, good, thank you. How are you both? Yeah, we're good, we're good, mate. How you been? What's been happening? Uh, well, currently in lockdown uh, here in Auckland, so just trying to, you know, keep sane and, and not go too mental. But um, pretty good, just been training and, and doing the little things here and there, but no, I've been really good. Nice. So, how do you? Yeah, what have you been doing? Like, obviously, lockdown. How do you keep those the netball skills up and training wise? What have you been doing day to day to to keep the skills afloat? Yeah, so just a lot of like cone and ball work against the wall in the um in the backyard. I've got a, a training program that I'm sort of sticking to over the course of the lockdown, just to make sure I maintain my skills, but also my conditioning as well. Um, and then just just yeah. the basic things like running and, and biking. Um, in the in the streets is, is practically what I've been doing every single day. So, I mean, it's tedious training <laughs> alone. It it sucks. It's boring. But um, you have to get it done, of course. Cruz, you're a bit of a legend of netball in this country, let alone men's netball in this country. So you know what it's like to what, what how much it means to get this opportunity to play the ferns. So every time an opportunity like this comes about, is it a big deal in the well, men's netball community? Yeah, yeah, no, it definitely is. We, we're still definitely a um, minority sport. Um, and here in New Zealand, everything is still self-funded and, and um, we have to do everything ourselves. So to get an opportunity, not just to play against the Silver Ferns, but also showcase um, you know, men's netball nationally and internationally is, 
is a big deal and it just raises the profile for, for our game and hopefully we can start pushing it to a more professional level. And mate, I remember watching the game last year. It was really, really physical. There was actually some little bit of niggle out there. Can you tell us about that? What's it like out there when you're playing against the, the Wahine, the Silver Ferns? Does there get a bit of chat being thrown around for, between both teams? <laughs> Oh, uh, you, you know, it's all fun and games for sure, but you definitely, we both teams want to win, and um, it's it's tough. Like I, I, I won't lie, the the girls are the girls are extremely fit, they're physical, they're very smart when it comes to uh, the game of netball, and that's their day job as well. So they they do it, you know, yeah. week in week out when the season is. Um, so it's it's definitely tough to to compete against. And I don't know if you watched the final last year, but we lost, um, and we had a seven foot yeah. shooter. So it goes to show. <laughs> how how good they really are, but, um, but yeah, no, it's it's an it's an amazing opportunity, and, and it's awesome to, to come up against them um, again. Cruz, you remember watching Izzy play footy? Um, you, you probably know. You, you probably <laughs> know, you know, know his big goose step and tongue hanging out. What sort of he reckons he's a goal shoot? What what sort of position would he play? What does his profile fit? <laughs> Yeah, I do remember him. Um, yeah, uh, playing definitely. I, I reckon. I reckon he'd be a mid quarter. To be fair, uh, I think he's got the speed and and sort of the flair to to play centre yes. or, or wing attack. Um, yeah, I don't know about shooting. I, I have to see how good his, his technique is. But yeah, definitely, definitely a mid quarter. As a, let's go goal, like shooting. I was, I was watching a video when you did a Sky Sport uh, shoot for them uh, last year. I think it was. I'm watching you shoot. It's totally different from actually shooting a bee ball, isn't it? The netball. It's totally different technique. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I would say so. So I played basketball growing up in high school because um, males weren't allowed to play netball. And, um, yeah, there is a different different technique to, to shoot. Obviously, the, the goal is a lot smaller, so you have to be a little bit more accurate and there's no backboard. Um, so it's all about just lining up your, your shooting arm and making sure that that follow-through is there and connecting... I guess the the bounce of of the knees with with the follow through as well. So, yeah, it is it is totally different and and one that takes a lot of practice. And I don't even think I'm there yet. But um, <laughs> yeah, it is definitely definitely a lot different. Oh, nice. Well, we're going to talk about the Silver Ferns. Um, you know, coming up in this week, a uh, couple of games against England. The Constellation Cup has been. Uh, cancelled because of COVID. COVID has its own agenda at the moment. But what are your thoughts on the Silver Ferns at the moment? They're heading in the right direction. They're, they're doing extremely well over the last couple of years. Am I right? Yeah, no, you're you're one hundred percent right. They're doing amazing at the at the moment. I think um, Nolene Todor, the, the head coach, has 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 brought a word of difference to that team. Just the way she infuses um, not only the the techniques of the game, but also her own personal style into her. Her coaching is, I think, very beneficial for uh, the Silver Ferns. And, yeah, I, I think um, coming up against England, it is a new-looking team. They won't have Jane Watson. They won't have Amelia and the Canafio. But they'll, they'll they'll have really good experience and really exciting young players coming through like Grace Wickey and Tiana Matildo. So I think um, with the Commonwealth Games and the World Cup the following year coming up, they, they definitely are stepping in the right direction. Hey, all right, Cruz, before we let you go then, I don't know how the logistics of it works and how you actually assemble this team and, and how you'd end up playing, but do you think that off a short lead-up the, the men can knock the ferns off this year? Are you confident or you back them in? <laughs> um, I'm like 50-50, if I'm going to be honest. Um, it's tough because we, we won't have a training camp or anything like that before playing then. 
and and our team hasn't even been picked yet, so I don't even know if I'll make it. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we go. Um, the COVID, like you said before, COVID has its mind of its own at the moment, so that's putting pressure on the team and the personnel on the team. So, I'll say I'm fifty percent confident. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, fifty percent confident. Hey, I've got a wee tip. Just throw it to the seven foot. I watched that game last year. I'll just lob it. Straight over to him. He'll sit under the post and just tip it in there, a little alley-oop, mate. Is that the tactics? Well, that clearly didn't work last year, so we might have to implement something different this year. But, well, I mean, he won't even be in the team because he lives in Australia and they they obviously can't fly back because of the restrictions now. So, um, yeah, we might have to... Figure something else. Just, out. just go find, just go find another, just go find Stephen Adams' brother. I'm sure he's got another sibling somewhere. And go yeah. get the, the Adams family have been going well enough. Cruz, all the best, man. Well, really, really, really appreciate you have uh, the fifty percent chance has gone down to thirty percent now. Sorry, bud. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think it has. Yeah. Thanks for having me, team. Thank you so much. No worries. Awesome. See you, man. Thanks, Cruz. Is he? You might need to get that ankle healed, mate. You might need to get, you might need to get your, your running shoes on and get out there and give the lads a hand. He thinks I'll go good in the midcourt. He must have seen the, the 2017. He hasn't seen the updated version of his rail dag. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> the movement is a lot slower these days. But anyway, that's oh. all good. What, what an absolute champion cruise. I'm looking forward to that wee series. I love watching the men's actually take on the Silver Ferns uh, Last year, it was really physical. It was really physical, and you could actually see the Silver Fern girls actually getting a bit annoyed by it. So looking forward to that series. Yeah, it's always a funny watch. It's awesome, though. So thank you, Cruz Tangera, for joining Baz and Izzy for breakfast. It's 11 minutes away. A Honda Civic. It wasn't a manual. It was an automatic. It was a Honda-matic. It was my Nana's Richie. <laughs> thank you. Asking about your first cars. And also, hardest-working rugby players of years gone by, Dwayne Monkley, most underrated player that never played for the All Blacks. Very high work. Great. Couldn't agree more. Please leave your name when you send us a text. Double eight, double three. We'll come back and get through some more of those. It is seven minutes, seven minutes, I should say, away from eight here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Anyway, just coming up, we've got Ash Dixon, the mighty Hawks Bay stalwart. That is our McCafe coffee catch-up. Looking forward. If you've got any questions, make sure you fire them through. Double eight, double three for Ash Dixon. He has done it all. He is represented at our Māori All Blacks, the Highlanders, the Mighty Hawks Bay Magpies. And now he's about to venture off to make some yen over in Japan. So if you've got any questions, please give us a text in double eight double three. I've got some great texts regarding Netflix and succession, last breaths, Chernobyl. Louis given a tip called Pretty Rossa today. Um, we've had it all. We've had some conversations about your most electric player. The most electric player that has ever played the game. And I, I must be honest. I, I, I apologise. I apologise. I can't believe you didn't mention Jonah. Changed the game of rugby with his electrifying speed and agility. Jonah Lamu, I apologise. Jonah, like, he is on everyone's mind. He is probably the first mind, uh, first player that comes to your mind when, when the game of rugby and electrifying and changing the game, speed, power to burn. Um, yeah, apologise for that. He will definitely be on my list. Totally, totally agree with that uh, text message. So thank you for reminding me. Also, another one, a Fato Sawalo. That chip and chase over Wilson in the 1999 final. That's from Gig. Totally agree, Gig. I've actually 
Sky Sport 1. Sky Sport 1, they're playing some flashback games at the moment, and there are some absolute doozies on there. And that was on the other day. Afato Sualo, he did a little bounce out on, on Brian Lima, the great Samoan winger, the chiropractor. He bounced out on him, then chipped and chased over Jeff Wilson, and we all know what happened in the end. Another title for the mighty Crusaders. So uh, keep those Texas coming in. I'm really, really loving it. But hey, we've got him. I can't believe he's answered his phone. I can't believe I haven't had to panic text him and say, mate, where are you? Because he's joined us for our Mick Cafe coffee catch-up. Ash Dixon, the mighty Ash Dixon, company of the mighty All Blacks and the Māori All Blacks. Thanks for joining us, Ash, mate. How are you, brother? Oh, hey, my brother. Good, man. How are you? How are you, Brian? I'm, I'm good. I'm good, mate. I'm good. Hey, uh, I know you're living by yourself. And let's be honest, you can't you can't do anything by yourself. So what are you doing for for nutrition? Do I have to give the do I have to give the nutrition? I saw you. Yes, this is the thing. You said I saw on uh, Ash's Instagram. He's been he made power dumplings. Can you talk us through those, mate? <laughs> what? <laughs> power dumplings. Uh, what? Uh, Taught me. The boys rang me up, as you know. Kelsey rang me up and said, "Hey, I've got some." Um, Oh, yes, we make some dumplings. I'm like, yeah, I'll be around. And so I literally came around to his place, and he had heaps of power and all these dumplings ready to go. We just made different batches, and it was so good, honestly. It was, like, fried, steamed. Oh. Um, he talks about it, like, you know what he's like when he describes food. It is, like, the mouth waters. And he had all these different combinations, and he just kept going, and it was so good, honestly. Oh my. Wow! I saw it on Instagram. I couldn't believe it, man. If you're at home, try that power dumplings. Yeah. I've never had it, but wow! Oh, honestly, that and that. Um, I think yeah, it's called like oyster sauce or dim sum sauce or something. But honestly, it's a it's a combo made in heaven. You've got to have a go at it. All right, mate. All right, mate. You've had a couple of weeks off. You've had a couple of weeks off. Skin folds Monday. How are they? <laughs> <laughs> As you know, resources sometimes here in the Bay are a bit low, and um, we're still going through the pandemic, so the nutritionist hasn't come through the boys yet. But, um, <laughs> oh, look, this should be all right. The fair bit of running over the break, so um, it, was, it was good, man. I enjoyed it. So, oh, well, we'll find out this weekend, bro, if I can keep up. Oh, nice. I'm looking forward to the Battle of the Bay. You, you, you mentioned it this weekend, Sunday. You're up against the steamers, mate. How's preparation been? We had your coach on yesterday, and he had a great story about you tapping out one of the young players the other day in a contact session. Oh. Can you just tell us about that little story? Who was it? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, you know, the last, you know, lockdown. We got a lockdown on the Wednesday, and the boys are pretty geeked up, and we had a bit of rust over the Wednesday, Thursday, and then we had a bit of a go against each other. But it, it was all in good fun. And um, this year, back in the day when I was learning up here, I did like the run gauntlets against like Clint Newland and Sonna and George Nups and a few other big boys. And geez, we've got a few young guys that are quite big. So we were just doing a heap of contact, and then it just turned a bit funny and a bit rough. And then it just, everyone just got into it and it just managed to get a decent shoulder on. But Nothing over the top. The boys are under it. It's good fun, mate. So, oh, um, nice, mate. I know you change. love a wee bit of contact. Yeah, I know you love a wee bit of contact. <laughs> yeah, I want to, bro. Do you remember that time when uh, all the backs took you boys on and the Fords in that mauling contact session? Can you tell them what happened? 
Nah, you tell me what happened. What happened? You remember when me, up. Robbie, Zach, we all mauled you against Tom <laughs> Commentary and the Fords, Sunna Hika, and we all mauled. We had a maul session against you, Fords, and you boys hadn't had a maul try scored against you all year, and we got a try in training. You must remember that. Something about that, but I remember there was about fifteen backs and about four forwards trying to hold it up. <laughs> I remember Tom doing things like that. Jamie nah. Joe was the same to do that, eh? Like, um, there was one time where Huggy and Lima kept kicking the ball out, and so he got them over at training. He's like, "Right, you, you fellas, come over here. You're going to maul against the fourth. And so he literally just got the inside backs hands forwards, and it was from the twenty-two. And they were just getting drilled, man, and they were just running into us like angry ass. Because we, if we didn't go hard enough, I was young enough, like, hold them, hold them, push them back. And they were, they were honestly devastated. And then by the end, it took about 10 minutes, and they were so angry with us. We were like, like Lima, Lima was, like, he was about, he was throwing his toys out the cop big time. Nuggy was screaming at us. I'm like, bro, like, come in here about it. You've got Jamie Joe breathing right down my back here. Just, just do it. And Jamie's like, well, they'll teach you back, so kick that out all the time. Hold the ball. You can't stop. I'll never forget it. Oh, Jamie Joe, one of the all-time greats. Never got coached by him, thank goodness. He would have ripped the rest of my lid out. Anyway, question for Ash. Can he talk about the team? <laughs> That's funny you brought Jamie Joe up. We've got a question from... Uh, one of our listeners, question for Ash. Can he talk about the team environments that Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown create that seems to make players thrive so much and play to their full potential? So many examples of players coming to the Hondas from other sides and exceeding above expectations. Can you, can you tell us about Tony and, and Jamie Joe? Um, yeah, yeah. I guess my early experience with Jamie Joe is that he really puts you under the pump. So if you first come into the environment, it's like his whole mindset is to try and break you. Like, if you bite back or, um, you know, don't, don't do what he's after, then he will just ride you like no tomorrow. Like, you've just got no breathing space. And he's just trying to get you the best out of you. And I guess when you're a young guy, you, you think you know more than you know. And he's just into you. And it's relentless. But I think as you go on and get used to Jake and Brownie, because his nickname was Jake the Master, we call him Jake. So he would um, he, he would really respect you. So, um, yeah. I guess for me, they were like the yin and yang. So Brownie was, um, he came out with the awesome game plans and other skill sets around different things. And Jake was definitely the enforcer around accountability, leadership. That's, that's the thing. He's awesome at keeping the pressure on and creating edge and creating real, like, competitiveness a bunch through the team that by the end of the um, week, that fizzy to play because you're that gigged up. <laughs> Um, Saturday's more like uh, it feels like fun than a um, you know like you're going out there to do a job. It's really enjoyable to play with those two. But um, yeah, I love playing with them. Like under them, they've been probably honest. Not no disrespect to any other coach I've had, but probably the best coaches I've ever had got the best out of me. So I'm really thankful for um, for that one for me. Eh? You've talked to Brownie, eh? you know, like what's yeah, your take yeah, I've on talked Oh, mate, unbelievable mind game. Just thinking outside the square. He's so innovative like with his um, thinking of the game, the way he comes up with moves, experiments. I love how he just lets the players play. He loves that freedom of yeah. just play what you see and just, you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but we'll adapt and we'll react to it. So, mate, unreal um, 
you know, rugby mind for me, Tony Brown. Did you, did you love what he was about and what he brought to to the Highlands? I thought he's changed the way the Highlands play the rugby at the moment. Oh yeah, like Brownie, you know, here, yeah, you know, when you know when you had Bender there and Nuggy there, like that was like our, I guess, our big three. Um, mm. And the way he can relate to everybody in the room. So you've, sometimes as a coach, you've got to understand, and, and this sounds really horrible, but you've got to try to get the message as simple as can to the player in the room that doesn't quite understand that. So whatever yeah, reason yeah. that is, you've got to make your message really clear, and he's he's the best at making it simple and effective. As you know, sometimes you can have a meeting and it goes forever, and then you've lost half the room. Yeah. Mm. So quick and snappy. He gets things done, and, and the boys love the way he does it. So it's a, he's a unbelievable communicator. He's uh yeah, he's awesome. awesome, man. Awesome, mate. Love those little insights from Jamie Joseph and Tony Brown. Unbelievable coaches. Never got the privilege to be able to coach by them, but outside looking in and what you guys were able to achieve over the years was uh, awesome, mate. Inspirational. We we got to talk about um, it's Maori culture. Uh, it's Maori language week. Te Reo Maori, and um, we know you. Are a proud Māori. What makes you to be a proud Māori, mate? And you've captained the te reo, uh, the Māori All Blacks as well. Can you describe what that means to you? Oh, I think it's been proud Māori. Like you don't have to speak the language to be proud Māori. You just got to understand, I guess, who you are and your mm. identity of what it's about. And that can be whatever it is to you. You don't have to go out there and, um, I guess, lay it on others and and do it that way. You just got to be you and and respectful for your own identity and your own culture. Um, I think that's the biggest learning for everyone. Um, I guess what the Maldives are about and what we try to do is it's just such a special team, a special culture that it is driven through identity. But everyone that came in, whether you could speak Maldi, look Maldi, um, whatever, you know, you were Maldi. That was the basis of the side. And we had guys that just had had no experience or nothing around um, whakapapa and tikanga or what, whatever it was to be Maldi. And coming out like absolutely buzzing because they you know we do whananga every night which is like a cultural session and learning and um talking and haka and just being moldy and like they would come out absolutely fizzed and pumped and, and you know that that's what it was about rugby side of it um to be honest the second was about the culture and being moldy living moldy and and um you know creating knowledge within the group to share. And the rugby side came second A, bro. So it's pretty cool for someone like Wotere who was, you know, fully immersed in Māori right through to now even, you know, the way they live their lives and, and do it and for him telling stories and that, you know, the Māori All Blacks in their eyes and their family's eyes is, is the, the pinnacle, you know, like, can't read it, read it enough how big it was on his side of the family, you know, like that's all his cousins, mm-hmm. um, his family talked about because that's all they saw, all they know. That's um, yeah. it's pretty surreal, man. Learn it from someone like him, mate. Man, yeah, nah, Otiri Black, 100%, bro, totally agree. Mate, I just want to ask you a quick question for, for people out there that are probably, look, like myself, you, you're probably a bit, bit afraid to make a mistake, you don't want to speak the, the language. Um, because you don't want to pronounce it wrong or, 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 you know, you don't want to get it wrong, you don't want to get judged or things like that. What would your advice be for the people that are probably thinking something like that along those lines? Because for me, it is Te Reo Māori Language Week. I feel like I am a proud Māori and I want to embrace it, but I just, I'm scared I don't want to get it wrong and I, or I, I feel like maybe I'm not Māori enough. What's, what's your bit of advice for someone out there? Yeah, 
Yeah, bro, I know what you mean, mate. There's, there's, yeah, I know what you mean, bro. Like, to be honest, it's just having a go. Like, it's it's creating awareness this week about our language and our culture. And it could be as little as saying, um, Kilda, you know, like, it doesn't have to, you don't have to go over the top. It's you're creating an awareness for our language and for our people where it's all begun for everyone, really. And it's not about being embarrassed, honestly. It's just like, we don't expect people to go out there and speak Māori and, and do that. Like, you know, that takes time, but it's just understanding the culture and, you know, who we are, the diversity in this country. And, bro, like, honestly, the simplest words can mean the biggest thing. Like, you know what it's like when you go to Japan, you know, and you're talking to the Japanese players and, and you're saying, like, the little things, Japanese, and they are so, like, stoked, humbled by that they, like, you know, really respect you. It's the same, bro, just... Just start small. It doesn't have to be anything big. Just be really willing to learn or open up about the culture and the knowledge, bro. It's that, eh? I don't think I don't feel people have to go um, and, and try to put on something massive that they're unsure about. Just start small, man, mm. and just build. Go from there, brother. Nice. Nice, nice. Love that bit of advice, mate. You are wise, head. You've gone a long way from that young kid that turned up in Hawke's Bay with a blonde Māori streak <laughs> through his hair, little orange little orange oh. hair dye that, you know, you've obviously gone to Kmart to get. Gone a long way, mate. You've come a long way. I love what you're about, Ash. <laughs> you're an absolute champion, mate, and you deserve all the credit you, you get, mate, because uh, you uh, epitomise what a, what a great human is. And I uh, wish you all the best when you go fill up your pockets over in Japan when you get the end. Just before you go, little little score prediction this Sunday. Mighty Magpie's going to get up. Are we going to be the bay? Oh, let's hope so, bro. I've had our number the last couple of years, man. So, okay, it's going to be an awesome game. It's going to be really enjoyable. Such a good one to play the bait. They're good boys, and um, it'll be a cracker, man. But if you know I'm not about score predictions, we'll just, we'll just let the talking happen on the field. I'm sure both teams will be into it, brother. Well, if you want a wee tip, mate, there's someone that's really hungry and leans on the back of that more, and that is Ash Dixon. So put your money first try on Dicko because he loves leaning on the back of it more. <laughs> mate, thanks for tuning in, Dicko. Love your work, bro. Go well on Sunday. Always in the corners. Wow, you love it. Rolling more, Dicko. Love it. Good work, mate. Sayonara, brother. Hey, mate. Oh, is he? How cool is Ash Dixon, mate? That's and it's so true. Oh. He always pops up at the back of a ball, eh? It's so true. <laughs> oh, he's always leading try scorer for the Hawks Bay Magpies because they love a rolling more try, and he is a good bet for first try Sunday. There you go, Ash Dixon. Mate, love that conversation. He's a champ, mate. Louis, sorry, I was trying to get you in, but huh? I was just... I felt, felt like I was sitting in my little man cave chewing the fat with Ash. It was great. No, carp eye, bro. Like, I just thought, and what Ash said about just the smallest bits of today, I like it just, you know, as mm. a um, Pakiha, it just, you know, really resonates. You just, anything is better than nothing. So, yeah, kia ora to Ash, mm. and thanks so much for coming on, man. That was fantastic. Double eight, double three. Has anybody had a power dumpling before? What? <laughs> Trudy, have you ever had a power dumpling? I have never had a power dumpling, but my mouth watered when he said that. But I can tell you at Craggy Range in Hawke's Bay, um, chef there um, does the most amazing power and pork sausage rolls. Oh. 
and they are I'm next hungry now. level. Oh, but oh. I'm power dumpling. Oh my god! Oh, we need to go to the commercials. I'm going to hose myself down. That is that is in another stratosphere. Power dumplings, best power recipes. Double eight, double three. Or if you just want to say kia ora to Ash for coming on and uh, sharing his story and talking all things footy and and Maori culture, we really appreciate his time. It is 22 minutes past eight o'clock on Baz and Izzy for breakfast here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. We're going to move on. We've got Joe Parker on the line. We've got the great Joseph Parker. He's fought all over the world and he's seen it all. A former WBO heavyweight title holder and no doubt hungry to get back to the top of the world again. Times have changed though and it's getting the fight was hard before COVID. I'm sure there's a lot of complications now. Talk all things boxing. Joseph Parker, he's a film star. He's a hell of an actor too. Joey Parker, mate. How are you? (laughs) Welcome. Good, bro. Good, good, good. How are you? I'm good, man. Hey, I just got a wee song for you, actually. Go, go play that song for us, eh? Here we go. My chip, boss, man. I got this, yeah. Oh. Wow, wow, wow. How good is that? When I hear that song, bro, when I hear that song, it just reminds me of you. And I'll be honest, for the Crusaders, we used to, after we come in from our warm-up, someone would put the Yui Boom on and we'd play this song just before we uh, ran out and, and played for the Crusaders, mate. So gets the goosebumps flowing. Did it get you going there, Joey? Listen, this song, as soon as I hear this song, I feel like training. Like, I know it's not too early, but I, I'm going to just now do something. That song, you know, that song really hypes you up. Nice, nice. What have you been up to anyway, my man? I know you're in lockdown and you got your your beautiful family there. You, what have you been doing through throughout the lockdown? You know, uh, we got back and we were in MIQ for two weeks, and then as soon as we got out of MIQ, the, the day we got out of the lockdown. So, we've just I've, I've been spending a lot of time with the family, quality time. Mm. Um, I've been training, I've been keeping in shape, I've been, you know, eating good food, but enjoying myself as well, and I've been working on the fight. I've got a fight, uh, I think, locked in, hopefully locked in soon for the end of the year, and I'll be away, I'll, be, I'll probably be away in two or three weeks if the fight gets locked in. Nice, bro. What, what is it, yeah, like, so there's a lot of uncertainty in the world at the moment, COVID on its own agenda, like, um, how do you, how do you stay ready and how do you stay like motivated through this when there's so much uncertainty bro listen um i i feel like you know what, what am i 29 years old so i feel like i've got another three or four years to give boxing and mm. i'd rather stay in shape you know I've, I've you know i have been in the past you know blow up blow up out of shape and get heavy and not train and not keep in shape and then i'll use camp or you know to get in shape and to get fit mm. whereas now I'm, I'm, I'm staying ready and i'm staying fit and i feel like you know, I've nice. as a you know as a fighter and as a and as an adult, <laughs> you know, not not making mm. the same mistakes that I have in the past. Hey, Joe Louis here, bro. Hey, look, I'm wondering how frustrating it's been for you because you've got you sound like you've got yourself in a really strong mental and physical place, but finding a fight and, and getting one locked in, how how frustrating has that been? Yeah, what's up, Louis? Um, it has been frustrating because you know I had the fight in in uh, in the UK first of May. And my goal or my, my plan was to continue fighting and keep busy because that's the only way that you can improve and get better as a fighter. But I feel, you know, with COVID, I mean, it's else's plans um, and the same with boxing. You know, Matchroom have a big stable of fighters, 
and they have to put them on and look after all of them. So I feel like it's taking me ages to lock in the fight. And it's, it's frustrating because I want to keep busy, want to keep learning, want to, you know, give it everything I have for the next three or four years. But you just got to, you know, adapt to the situation. It is hard, but I mean, you know, as long as I can have a fight locked in for the end of the year, I'll be very happy. Um, Joey, uh, you've been filming a few things over the last couple of months, bringing a lot of happiness to a lot of households, man. Where do you get the inspiration from? Where do you get the inspo from for these, for these amazing? You're a bit of an actor, aren't you? <laughs> Stop it, nah. <laughs> uh, you know, at a hard time, man, the first lockdown was a hard time for a lot of people trying to adapt to mm. staying at home and spending time with the family and not being able to leave, go, you know, catch up, go to the cafe, have coffee, or go to the gym and, you know, community groups and all that kind of stuff. So we just wanted to bring some happiness and some smiles around. And um, to be honest, I'll, I'll take it all the credit, but it's not me. It's, uh, it's a guy named Terry Russell who was in my bubble the first <laughs> lockdown. He, he's the guy that, you know, was able to cut. I haven't even seen some of those movies. So, <laughs> so he's a man. <laughs> He's an inspiration, man. We were lucky enough to spend two weeks on the road with Kerry Russell, me and Joe Wheeler, and uh, we were like, mate, can we do this video? Can we do this video? He's like, oh, nah, nah. Um, Joe Parker's already locked that in, bro. We're not allowed to use that one. I was like, oh, <laughs> sick, guy. <laughs> He's a man, Kerry yeah. Russell. And a genius, too, with the ideas and, and putting the videos together, you know, putting them on the laptop and working for his, I don't know what programs he uses, but he's a good man. Nice, bro. Um, you live next to Roger. Roger, two of us are Sheik, bro, and um, you probably have your own little bubble there. Have you seen him? What's he up to? Yeah, Roger. Roger lives next door to me. Um, you know, we've been training uh, at the same time. Just you know, we're keeping our distance, but we've been training at the same time. I, I'm out sprinting him at the mm. moment. <laughs> oh. Hey, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you already know that. Do you want a blues contract, Joe? Is that, if, if you can't get this fight, is the blues contract the next thing? <laughs> Listen, yeah, if I can't get a fight and if, I, if I'm if i no good at boxing for the next three or four years, you know, I can try for rugby, but I, I mean, listen, rugby is a different sport altogether. You need to be, you know, match fit. You need to be doing running, tackling, all that stuff. That's... It's, a, it's an aggressive sport. Is is he? What what nah, position nah, would Joe nah, be? What nah, position mate. would Joe be I'll if he played? I've, I've seen him swing the golf club, mate. I've seen him swing the golf. Imagine him kicking a rugby ball. No way. <laughs> 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 oh, bro. Hey, um, I'm going to ask you. Oh, my God. Uh, sorry. Yep. Sorry, Joey. Sorry, Joey. Mate. I'm going to ask you. Uh, Tyson Fury, you, you're good mates of him, and he's got a big fight coming up. Have you been... Uh, having a lot of connections with Tyson over in America, and how's he looking? Look, leaning towards um, Deontay Wilder. I feel like you know, with the first fight, uh, he did he did good. Mm. You know, box and move, and it was a close fight. I felt like he won. The second fight, he absolutely you know finished Wilder, you know, in the seventh, seventh round. So I feel like the third fight, um, when I was training with him physically and mentally, he's on a different level. And I listen, it was great mm. to be around because it helped me see what I need to work on. And, and to lift my level, but he's looking good for this fight. I talked to him like two days ago, and I said to him that I'm gonna hopefully catch him in Vegas for his fight and come cheer him on and you know see him do the business. But he's he's in he's in great shape. 
Um, Anthony Joshua came out and said that he needs to fight Tyson. That he thinks that's the fight that needs to happen. Obviously, you've got your own agenda in the heavyweight world, mate, and we want to see you up there fighting these guys as well. But do you think that that is the blockbuster fight that yeah, people will want? And can you imagine Tyson taking that at some stage? Oh, yeah. I think Tyson, I, I really feel that Tyson wanted the fight, but because he was locked in contract with Wilder, you know, the Wilder fight, um, having the, you know, the third fight, he he couldn't take that fight. But I feel like he really wants that fight. Joshua wants to fight, and that's the fight that needs to happen to see who is the best heavyweight, you know? Mm. Nice. Oh, I can't wait for that scrap. But what, what were the biggest learnings you learned from Tyson uh, being around him and the things that he's kind of taught you and that you can take back into your camp and, and, and you've obviously got your new trainer and how you enjoying that relationship as well, bro? Oh, listen, having the new trainer, I feel like... Uh, as a fighter or as an athlete, it's always there's always space to learn, and you're always learning. Even if you feel like you've you've reached the top, there's always um, learning to do. And I feel like with the new trainer, it was the best move I made. You know, it's, uh, he simplified everything. I feel like with all the other fights, I was overtraining, doing too much, mm-hmm. and uh, just with the new trainer and, and Tyson simplifying everything, being able to just uh, look at it, and go, just focus on this, focus on that. And the most important part, that, or the most important thing I've learned, is rest. You know, the body needs a lot of rest. Mm. 100%, bro, 100%. Hey, we've had a wee conversation uh, throughout the show, that Jake Paul and Logan Paul. We just want to play you this clip, and I want to hear your reactions, okay? Listen. Yep, yep. And this this is kind of, this will be controversial, and I'm sure, sure someone will, like, clip it and take it out of context, but someone asked me on an interview, what's harder, YouTube or boxing? And I said, YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon, bro? Put him in his place. <laughs> <laughs> those guys listen good 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 on them for, for coming to boxing and giving it a go and you know but uh, you know I, it'll be good to see him in a real fight and good to see him uh you know test himself i mean there's a lot of fighters out there who've given it everything their whole lives but i mean you know because you're famous on youtube and do this and do that you get the you know opportunity to come by to the top so i think he has to test himself <laughs> but i think boxing way out like i don't know i haven't been i haven't done youtube but <laughs> oh Wait, just say it just say it bro just tell it now you want to fight Jake Paul go <laughs> listen I would, I would, I would bash him but he's he's a, he's a, he's a lighter weight and uh, you know, but he'll probably bash me at YouTube I don't know, mate. I don't know. Some of those videos you guys have been doing, you and Kerry, it's pretty good stuff. What about the whole celebrity fight culture? Like, from a proper a proper boxer who's been in a gym his whole life, is it insulting, or can you kind of see what they're doing for the sport and bringing new eyeballs? Like, where do you kind of sit on it? Uh, I, I mean, you know, I respect anyone that gets into the ring, and I feel like they are bringing a different audience to boxing, but... Um, it'll be good to see all those fighters that have... Like, I'm in a good position because, you know, I've, I've had some good fights, but it'll be good to see those fighters who have given it their whole lives, um, give, give, give give them the opportunity, you know what I mean? Um, but, listen, mm. it's... Uh, you just got to... It is what it is. <laughs> like, welcome to boxing. <laughs> <laughs> nice, bro. Hey, we got a got a quick uh, question before we go. Yesterday we spoke about power. You're a pretty good diver. Have you got any good power recipes for us before you go, brother? Oh, listen, I just got some power mints yesterday, thanks to my mate, uh, mm. Jim. But do I have any recipes? No, I don't. I just eat it like that. Well, you eat it raw. Listen, yeah, raw. Raw is pretty good. 
You want to be a heavyweight boxer? You get tough, mate. You eat a, you eat a rubbery power straight out of a shell from the ocean. Wow. Listen, mine's a, my my ones are nice and soft and, and they're delicious. Oh, mate, you're a champion, mate. Hey, Joey, I really appreciate giving us your time, mate. I know you're busy with your family and training, but on behalf of the Bears and Izzy and Louis for breakfast, we we thank you for joining us and giving us your time. All the best. Coming up later in the year, we'll be watching with interest. And uh, thank you so much, Joey. Thank you, brother. See you, Joe. What a guy. What a guy. Raw power. Get it in you, Izzy. (laughs) (laughs) Raw power. I've never ever gone down the raw power line, but apparently it is nice. Apparently it is the best way to eat it. Some really love it that way. But what 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 a good man for giving us his time. Getting some great insights. So what's up coming up in the future? Um, uh, later on the year, there's a big fight. Maybe Derek Chisora. I don't know who who he's thought. We tried it. We should have got the announcement out of him anyway. He's oh, we message he's cagey. The announcement, eh? I've seen people on <laughs> I've seen people on Instagram and Twitter trying to get it out of him, and like, they are very close lipped about it. So I, I think the concern is you don't want to announce a fight and then it falls through because there's so much uncertainty yeah. in the world of boxing that fair enough. And like we're not going to push Joe on that. It's not really our place. Like we'll we'll see it when we see it and he's gonna be in good physical nick you could hear him thanks brett for that text about the power recipes appreciate your time on double eight double three is there so many good texts still about this eligibility stuff the ghetto law we'll try clear those but we've got to catch up with paul moati we've got to find a tip we've got to pace for purpose before the end of the show and we got so much more including jack bruce out of kieran mars stable in australia it's baz nizzy for breakfast 20 minutes past eight we're here with chemist warehouse great savings every day Look, it's been a great show, and it'll be remiss of me not to get to my man, my mate, my good friend, the skip of the show. We really miss him here in New Zealand on the show, on the airways, Baz McCullum. Good morning, Bazza. Good morning, my brother. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I know it's night time over there. How are you tracking, bud? Oh, not too bad, brother. Not too bad. It's sort of, it's about 30... 37, 38 degrees here at 11 o'clock at night. Had a little practice game under our belt this evening, which was which was good, actually. And now I go back to the hotel and just nestling into a nice cold nectar. Ooh, <laughs> nice, nice cold nectar. Friday tipple, just in time. But, mate, you've been over there for a week or so. It's about 7.05. I've got a coffee coming before I get, in a, get into a wee little... Little little treat later on in the day, but mate, you've been over there for a week so far, and how's it been for you? You you settled in nicely, and the team's tracking all right. Nah, it's good, bro. It's um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously we we got a bit of a challenge in front of us. We're only two wins from seven games, so we've got to come home like a bit of a wet sail to to qualify. But there's something quite liberating about that too, like the. Um, the fact that you know you're up against it and, and you're going to have to hit the ground running and and sort of make sure that, you know, you don't... Um, I think sometimes in tournaments you can kind of uh, sort of limp into them a little bit. With, with this now, yeah. we know that we can't can't leave anything out there. We've just got to, we've got to nail it right from the get-go. It's been a really interesting process sort of for myself as well as being able to look back at some of the decisions I made previously and and kind of um, work out whether some of them I could do differently or not. And and there's been a good reflection period throughout that, and, and I kind of come up with a, a couple of different plays this time around, which we'll try and implement. So a lot of those are around selection, mate, actually, which is 
um, quite an interesting thing. I think my personal um, theory on selection has always been quite um, loyal and, and, and consistent mm. and tend to give maybe a, a player one game extra um, than, than yeah. what probably most people would. I think in, in this situation and, and in this culture as well, um, you've almost got to sort of plug and play a little bit and, and try and try and foresee per, perhaps um, a performance uh, rather than sort of just keep going with the same person. So you keep your nucleus of, of your side together, uh, um, but you chop and change and, and throughout your, uh, your squad to try and almost find that, that perfect performance. Baz, it's so good to hear your dulcet tones. People, uh, oh, double eight, double three, anything you want to ask Baz about for the last week while, get in touch. You're talking about selection of your players, mate, and you're locked in. You're in full cricket mode. We're in full food mode here. We can't stop talking about food this week. We've been talking power. We've talked more white bait. Talking any pies. Oh, power. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone mm. showed us a power pie yesterday, and it just had us absolutely salivating. I don't know. What are you eating over there? Like, What sort of grub do you get in your hotel? Uh, no, normal food. Well, I've actually just ordered a bit of, little bit of sushi, a little bit of salmon sashimi and, and a little dragon roll for dinner this evening. Oh, that'll be about 130 bucks, surely. <laughs> Mate, what about that, Oscar? <laughs> hey, seriously, senior broke. I think I sent you a photo the other day of, um, of my lamb chops I ordered <laughs> over here. And there was something... They're like eighty-five New Zealand dollars, mate, for a feed of lamb chops. <laughs> the government's obviously not done any dodgy <laughs> deals, sending a boatload of sheep over lately. Then, what about that? Eighty-five dollars, mate. Absolutely killing poor old Baz who's on just you know, on the on the cheap on the cheap rupee. <laughs> Whatever, mate. That'll be bloody your mate Jeff Allen and call NZ Meats, mate. That fella, he'll be sending those over, will he? <laughs> Good old GA, absolutely. Actually, GA texted me to, to let you know about Nathan Astle's birthday yesterday, but I sort of. You sort of what? Huh? You sort of what? <laughs> Don't say you cut out, Matt. Well, you haven't paid your, your bill, have you? Oh, he's gone. Oh, we've he's lost gone. him. Ba- we've lost Is he? him. Fair dinkum. Yeah. I, I just live time. When we get Baz back, we have to ask him, look at the message I just sent you. I just got a, te- a WhatsApp live then from Owen Morgan, the captain of the English cricket team, and he's asked us to ask Baz a question over there. So look at this. It's it, No, no, no. I'm not lying. He's messaged. He's obviously told him he wants us to get into Baz. So while he's not on the line, we can set this up. Yeah. And when he comes back, we can get into him. I'll send you the other messages okay. so you can tee him up. But apparently he's yeah, been perfect. apparently he's been uh, been treating the team like it like it's some sort of corporal army camp. <laughs> well, mate, I've just got the message now, and I can't wait to rip into him. He's just sad, yeah, having to have conversations. He's beating around the bush, but Bezza, he's got him back. We got him back, Bezza, Bezza. Oh, not quite, not quite. We're waiting for him anyway. Just a few d- technical difficulties out of the UAE, but that's okay. That we can deal with that. Um, Louis, mate, well, it's great to hear his voice on the on the UAEs, and we've already had a text message come anyway. Ask Bears. If he was to place a bet, what would it be on? Of course, we know he's not placing place bets. That is from Richie. And, mate, I can't wait. I know the P. I I said to him uh, two days ago when, we gonna, when I heard this conversation was coming up. I was like, mate, be great to chat to you. Can't wait to hear your voice. But, mate, bring some heat. Bring some tips. Bring something to the pundits. The pundits want it. They want a tip for the weekend. 
and he's back, and we'll get straight into it. But before I get into it, Baz, Baz, I've got to ask you a wee question. Yeah. Baz. Yeah, hey, um, oh, why are you mad that the lads are running on the beach early this morning? <laughs> well, you saw that, did you? You, got, uh, you saw that I got the old boys out having a bit of a hustle so on what the beach happened? this morning. So, 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 what? What, what's happening? So, why did you make the lads run on the beach early this morning? What did you do, mate? Tell us what happened. No, I'm just trying to teach him a little bit of the old karate kid, you know, but wax on, wax off. Just a little, little, bit, little bit of discipline, you know. It's like you gotta you gotta be adaptable and, and you gotta you gotta still you know, things happen in our in our game which you've just gotta come up with solutions when problems arise. So that was the idea behind it. It was very fun though, is you would have enjoyed it, actually. <laughs> you reckon you were Mr Miyagi? We've got we've got Owen Morgan literally texting the show saying, is he putting forward his case to be the next All Blacks coach? <laughs> what a wanker, eh? What a wanker. I'm looking at the table there. You've got, you got Lockie Ferguson there. you got Owen Morgan. you got David Hussey, Kyle Mills, Tim Souther, James Foster. And they're sitting there trying to... How bored are they? <laughs> well, probably <laughs> <laughs> Good so, on them for oh, being a oh, part of the show, though. That's what the pull of Baz and Izzy for breakfast. <laughs> I love it, Baz. So what? You got the lads out. They obviously done something, Baz. You thought we'd just give them the old Henny Muller kind of setup. Is that what you're doing? No, it wasn't that they were doing anything bad. Is you know, it was just it was it was an alternative training method. The reason Owen Morgan's got a problem with it is he's Irish, right? So he he's allergic to the sun. So. The fact that he, that he that he had to take a couple of catches on the beach, he was filthy with that. But no, it was good. The boys responded well, actually. It was quite a. It was a nice. It was a nice morning. We spent an hour out there, and the whole idea, boys, was um, there's so many different cultures amongst our our setup. You know, so many different ethnicities mm. and, and cultures, and and so you got to find ways to be able to break down um, those barriers and. Rather than just turning up to cricket trainings and, and doing your normal thing, because there's so much of an edge and pressure there anyway, that you've got to try and come up with some creative ways to be able to get them to all the boys to interact and, and to try and open up the lines of communication and share some experiences. And, and that's kind of the whole idea behind it. And look, they don't always work, but this morning was, was really cool. And, and um, I'm sure, I'm sure if you, if you were here now and you asked them, they'd actually say they quite enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I love it. I love a little bit of inside gravy from Owen Morgan, mate. Great chat there. But um, we're enough of the cricket chat, enough of the coaching chat, mate. We want to hear horses. It is an absolute jam-packed weekend of the racing this weekend. Your horse, Tabata, is racing in Hastings. Mate, you got any gravy for us? It's a pretty pumped-up weekend this weekend. Mate, what about you as the racing correspondent all of a sudden? I've been away for like 10 days and you've turned into Bruce McAvaney yeah. out of a hotel. Yeah, that's right. That's right. How, how good is that? So well done. Well done, Louis, on writing that intro for is just the, no. about the bar. He's, oh, I, Bez, mate, I actually know. To, I'm I'm right amongst it now, Bez, mate. Bez. Honestly, I've been talking horses all week. Good it's boy. true. I'm not. He seriously is. He's talking about the Tarzina. Do you know? Yesterday, we had, we've had, we got this tipping comp with Paul Moati and the TAB, and Izzy actually gave us the tip, and it's spring tied at odds. You'd be you'd love it. Thirteen bucks and three eighty. It's it's great stuff. He's all over it. 
Oh, well done, brother! And didn't you didn't you also put out the your first tip that you put forward? Paid about six fifty and romped in. So yeah, romped in. Only in America. Only in America. And then I've been followers hopeless since. And you will so get paid. Give us something. Give us something, brother. <laughs> All right, I will give you something. Okay, Tabata on Saturday at Hastings, a very very strong place chance. Okay, it's running at a distance short of its best. It's a little bit too too short, but the weight that um, she's got to carry, Wurumu Pin takes takes two kilos off. She's drawn a nice barrier. The track, mm. look, it's not ideal, but it, it shouldn't it shouldn't worry you too much. Hopefully, um, she's running down in grade, and look, she's she's got more bigger plans this campaign. Um, there's a couple of smartish ones in there as well, but at five fifty a place. I think you can definitely have some on that. Five fifty. You've just really gone on what against what Richie said. He said, "Ask Bag Baz if he was to place a bet, what would it be on?" Of course, we know he's not placing a place bet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bugger! <laughs> <laughs> well, what what I didn't tell you is that I'm on the I'm on the nose, but. <laughs> but, but you, by all means, you guys put it on the place bit. But, but I'll be having a go each way. I'll be having a little go each okay. way. I think she's 21s and $5.50. So, look, I, I think nice. she can get a little bit of money, mate. Nice, mate. And, and what about Australia? There's some heat over in Australia on Saturday at Ramwick. Surely. Oh, oh sorry. I think I think there was one other um, horse as well, which uh, Richie might be referring to. And I had a real good old dip at this horse about eight weeks ago and it's Dragon Leap in the Tarzino. Sorry, my bad. Yes. Um, yes, you did. Yeah, at, I, at 11s, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I got it at 11s, so I'm hoping that he can cop the track. I know he's fresh up, but he's a quality, quality, quality horse and they know how to train. They, uh, they know how to train a horse through the O'Sullivan Scott team out of Wexford, so I've, I've had a good crack at Dragon Leap. And Yeah, you're right, there's plenty of good racing over in Aussie as well, so it's a great time of year, isn't it? Yeah. It's a fabulous time of year that, to be able to watch racing and try and make a quid, pay for your spaghetti bolognese and <laughs> lamb chops and, and <laughs> lamb chops over here. I was just thinking about it when my internet dropped out. I was like, it's $85 for a set of lamb chops. You'd think the internet would be a bit better, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> what are they doing with the cash? It's a great question. Let me do some invest- investigating. Hey, Baz, Izzy's got a love letter towards the NPC that we're going to get to soon. He's he's talking about why it means so much and why putting on the black and white hoops for the Hawks Bay Magpies meant so much. So we've finally got some local sport back here this weekend, so we're fizzing for that. Around the world, though, I, I refreshed the BBC today, and I think you have an opinion on this. Um, Virat Kohli's to step down as Indian T20 captain after the World Cup, and I know you've spoken about this before in burnouts and different players for different, um, well, I guess, different formats of the game and even coaches. Were you surprised to see that news at all? Yeah, to be honest, lads, I jumped on the bus after our practice game, and and I found out um, that he'd stepped down, and and then I was thinking, you know, it must be, he must step down um, right here and now, but obviously he's he's doing it post World Cup. I am, I was initially a little bit surprised, but then when you kind of think about it and you think about how consuming that job must be, um, and the fact that he he is an all form uh, all format captain as well, and the demands which which um, are on you because of that, plus the COVID restrictions and all the bubbles that they operate. Look, it's, yeah, I almost 
I'm not surprised now. Um, and also the success that Rohit Sharma's had um, in T20 cricket in particular with Mumbai Indians over here in, in, this, in IPL. And you'd think he would be the next man in, uh, in line to take over. I'm kind of not surprised. So it is, I mean, all good things must come to an end, right? And, and he's been a pretty amazing captain for India for a long period of time. There is that little sticking point with them over their successes and some some tournaments of late um, under his 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 captains too. And I wonder, maybe he thinks this is the right way for them to to be able to try and go out on with one big one big bang. But yeah, it's certainly big news, and it's going to reverberate around India, no doubt, over the next little while. When you consider the biggest tournament in the world is 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 on on the cusp of restarting. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And in more Kiwi cricket news, tonight we have the uh, Black Caps are playing Pakistan over in Pakistan. We've got Grant Elliott, Daniel McCarty, the team calling it live on SCNZ. It's Kiwi for cricket. How good is that? Uh, Pakistan, hard place to play. What would your expectations be for that series? Tough place to really tough. Some of our best players aren't there as well. Um, I thought the job that Tom Latham's team did in Bangladesh was incredibly admirable um, and shows the depth mm. that New Zealand cricket is building. Um, write them off at your peril. I would expect that they would be up against it, but geez, these guys continue to impress. So, um, you know, I think watch it as a, as a fan. Don't have great expectations, but if they will no doubt um, perform with, uh, with distinction on that tour. Nice work, Baz, mate. I'll let you go back and have a nice cold one with Owen Morgan. I know you've got to go give him a bit of stick. But, mate, love love your work. Love what you're about. Thanks for joining us. We really miss you here. We can't wait till you get back, mate. But we know you've got to do what you've got to do. And uh, we'll catch up soon, bud. Thank you, my brother. You're doing a fabulous job as well. Is Skipper Izzy is he's on. <laughs> well done. Thank you, boys. <laughs> See you, Baz. Nah, awesome. Awesome, there you go. What a legend. Oh, man, love hearing his voice, Louie. We miss him over here, but he's got to do what he's got to do at the Calcutta Night Riders. Great work getting some inside scoop from Owen Morgan too, mate. Good stuff. How good is that from Owen Morgan? He loves Baz and Izzy for breakfast on SCNZ. It's 21 minutes past seven. Back talking NPC. Izzy's love letter after this. We're here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.